Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Wednesday, July 28th, 2021, and today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Uh, go check out Spotify Greenroom. Download it on the iOS App Store. We will be back in the fall doing weekly sessions on there, uh, so follow the Lockdown Red Wings. And when we come back, uh, you guys can join us. Today is a big day, folks. It is the uh, NHL trade deadline day, unlike any other. There was a flat cap this year. Teams are already, uh, for the last couple of weeks, have been making deals that make you wonder, is this team out of their minds? Is this general manager out of their living minds? We're going to discuss some of those moves today, give you a preview of what could happen uh, when the 1 o'clock hour rolls around. We're also going to wrap, uh, talk about some other rumblings and things like that around Red Wings land. I'm Nolan Bianchi. we got Scotty Bentley, and joining us today is producer Brian Home from vacation. Thank goodness I've been having to edit the episodes myself, and I've never been uh, more excited to see your face. Uh, sorry, Scotty, but we're skipping right to Brian. Brian, how's it going, man? It's going good. Uh, like you said, home from Nashville. Although I was hearing you were doing some nice little editing tricks there, putting taps in for Svechnikov. That's some uh, That's some uh, great forward yeah, I, thinking. I just thought it was the right thing to do. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Uh, what's going on, Scotty Bentley? We just finished watching uh, the Tigers and Twins game. A phenomenal game. Eric Haas is my hero. Eric Haas, more dominant prime than LeBron? People, Pe- people are asking at this Pe- point. You know what I mean? People like, are people, asking. People I are saw asking. a verified account on Twitter like pose the question. Yeah. And I was like... A non-hacked verified account, that is. Yeah, yeah. You you could just tell just by looking at the, the picture that he's so cyber secure. Yes, you know. exactly. He's definitely got the two-way um, like verification turned on. Yeah, probably you know, gets like, text he, he messages. Those vibes. Yeah. yeah, now he does. Gets text yeah. messages when people tries to uh, log in. Yeah, yeah, those types of things. Uh, <laughs> and I tell you what, what, like watching the Tigers close out a a six-five game on a Wednesday night in the middle of July when they got a five-game losing streak going with Scotty was a, a treat. I I just <laughs> man, this man's passion for the Tigers is is literally. Unmatched. So go check out Lockdown Tigers if you haven't done that already. If you're trying to get into baseball, uh, if you already love baseball and you've been looking for a baseball podcast, Scott does a bang up job uh, over there at that show. I could not give him more ringing endorsement. We got to talk about some free agency. We got to talk about some moves around the NHL because every single year, NHL free agency day is one of the craziest days of the year. And for reasons uh, of cap flexibility, and the recent expansion draft, there's going to be a lot of crazy stuff going on. A lot of crazy stuff already went down uh, over these past couple of weeks, like I mentioned at the top of the show. And some more moves being made today by the Chicago Blackhawks that are, are, are kind of confusing. So let's take a look at some of the moves that have gone on within the last couple of days uh, before we jump into some options for the Red Wings. Uh, maybe some, some high-profile options for the Red Wings. We should also mention off the top. Uh, about five minutes before we started recording this, Gabe Landeskog signed with the Avs. Allegedly, I don't believe it. I haven't seen the paperwork. 
I will uh, believe it when I see it. Uh, so we'll start there, actually, Scott. Your 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 reaction to the Landeskog not coming to Detroit? I am at a loss for words. Uh, I mean, like, uh, you know, Nate Diaz, I'm not surprised. I, I kind of, I think people want your reaction. I don't think anyone cares about my reaction to the news. I, think- I don't even know what my reaction. My, I'm devastated. My heart is broken. My heart is. It, it feels like somebody has somebody with really long fingernails has shoved their hand into my chest grabbed my heart with their palm, ripped it out and thrown it on the cement because I wanted to steal the Colorado Avalanche captain more than maybe anything in the entire world. If it was like, Hey, Red Wings go to the Stanley cup final next year without Gabriel Landeskog, or they finish as a bottom five team with Gabriel Landeskog. I gotta be honest. It's a tough one. I'm probably going Stanley cup final, but it's a tough one. It. I mean, fair enough all right fair enough take. uh yeah no i mean i i didn't actually think it was happening i am somewhat disappointed because i did put out there on the internet that uh if he did sign with the red wings i would walk to lca on jersey release day and buy it uh that was going to be a lot of fun i was i was honestly already looking forward to it bought some new sketcher shape-ups don't have anything to do with those anymore haven't been in the gym in two months or two years that's neither here nor there uh zach Wierenski is not happy in Columbus. And I think that is maybe the lead item in terms of trade rumblings or things like that, that pertain to the Red Wings. Uh, because one of the names that came up on NHL network when this got reported naturally was the Detroit Red Wings. And it kind of makes a lot of sense. They're a team that's looking to get younger. They're a team uh, whose captain was Zach Wierenski's roommate in college. I don't know if you guys have heard that before, but Larkin and Zach Wierenski. Damn News to me. Wow. Um, you guys know Kershaw and Stafford. Actually, <laughs> somebody, oh, really? somebody, uh, somebody tweeted me when I said something about Zach Wierenski. Uh, I think it was Helmeroids. Um, and she was like, oh, I know a place where he can live. I was like, Clayton Kershaw's house? <laughs> um, so, I mean, like, and, and here's the thing with that. Like, it honestly, the, the only question is, what are you going to have to give up to get? Yeah. And I think that is probably the only concern, because if you look at it, he's an RFA at the end of 2024, meaning you have team control for a very good amount of time. He's not he doesn't have a super high cap hit. He's only at five million. So if you do decide to cut bait with him at the end of his contract, if you want to trade him, if you want to do whatever you can when he's 26, which I don't know why he would, because that's kind of the player that Steve Eisenman is looking to acquire right now. A lot of, you know, mid to younger twenties guys who couldn't be future pieces of the core. He just like, we're, we're going to talk a lot about fit today and, and things like that. But like, I, I really can't imagine this being a bad fit for the Red Wings because they can also get something from him if they decide to, to move on from him. Yeah. The, I would tend to agree. He's a guy who's already playing top pair minutes with Columbus. And with the fact that Columbus is going into a full honestly looks like they're going into a full rebuild especially after dealing seth jones out it, it seems to bode well for the f- fact that he's going to be on the move although I, I could see them also keeping him as a piece to build their new future around but with the connections to detroit it seems like it would be a good fit i just like you said it's it's all about what they would have to give up that would worry me and with a guy of his caliber you know, I'd be okay. I would be okay with giving up a first round pick for next year or the year after for a guy who's already established like he is. It's just if they would want a prospect, what kind of prospect would they want in return for Zach Wierenski? That's where they'd start to lose me. What do you got, Scotty? I mean, I I, uh, I don't mind the fit at all. I I do 
lean toward toward agreeing with Brian. I think the the return would definitely be. I mean, you can say that about any trade, I guess, right? If if the return's right, but um, I, I would err on the side of caution because I, I do think that a, a return for him would have to be uh, decent. I think we would have to. to I'm not sure. Well, I mean, it is Steve. He probably has a free pass, but but I'm sure that that the return that we would give wouldn't be um, wouldn't be so light that everybody just shakes it off and it's like, oh, you know, everything. We're not getting rid of anybody we like. So I don't know. What if it was like Philip Peronic and a little bit extra? I mean, I'd do that. Yeah, easily. Because I don't, I don't think it, I don't think you would have to go much farther okay. than that. I mean, if, if it's around that, Philip Peronic, and as I'm looking at the Red Wings like future decor, I'm kind of. I am starting to believe more and more that Philip Ronick is not a part of the future of this team. If you just kind of look at what I, the the right hand shot certainly makes him valuable and and adds something to his game that that the Red Wings don't have a lot of. Obviously, they are loaded with those left shot defensemen. But when you just look at it, I mean, if you like hypothetically, if you were to bring Warensky in, you could have a top pair of Warensky and Sider. You could have a second pair of Edvinson. And Johansson, I know Edvinson's, or I know they're both left-handed shots, but uh, after listening or after watching uh, Will Scouch's report on Simon Edvinson, he mentioned that his ideal D partner might be somebody who who is really offensively inclined, really quick, really speedy, because despite the fact that um, Edvinson is, is known as this great skater, great mobility, and, you know, offensive-minded, I still do think that, Simon Evanson's defense is, is going to surprise people. And um, I think when you have a guy like him who has the ability to defend, if he, if he ends up becoming a, a really well-rounded defender, like I think he might be on the trajectory to, um, you don't necessarily want him being that guy all the time. And so if you can like basically pair him with a guy where you can say, Hey, Eddie, you know, you're the, you're the defenseman here, but if an opportunity prevents it presents itself, go, that's when those defensemen become troublemakers for the opposing teammate or opposing team. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, it's just, when you suggest that Phil Pronick and a little bit extras were, would be what they'd be asking for. I feel like that's coming in a little, uh, low for Zach Orensky. I mean, this guy who went eighth overall in his respective draft, he averages, Every single season, including his rookie season, well over 20 minutes a night. And that might be also might say, speak to Columbus as a franchise because they were doing the same thing with Seth Jones, averaging him more than uh, he typically probably would on other teams. It's just I feel like if you're going to trade away at such a young player with so much team control and so much upside and in the prime of his life, I feel like oh, Philip Peronic and a little bit extra might be still for a team that's looking to rebuild might be a little on the low side, I, I can't. I can't imagine them wanting anything less no, than I, the first round I, pick. I agree, and, and this comes down to a couple things. Um, one, can you convince the uh, Blue Jackets that the 1920 version of Philip Peronic is is what's real? Yes, you know, and that yeah. and, and that build is what's real. Two, can Steve Eisman beat Yarmo Kekalainen in a trade? Which he can. <laughs> Which he can. Uh, although Yarmo Kekalainen, we'll go over some of the returns that. Uh, he's gotten recently like the, the return he got on that Seth Jones deal was unbelievable if it, if Wierenski is anything in the neighborhood of that obviously this is a different conversation but um the last thing is that Wierenski 
doesn't want to play there. If he's got two years left and he openly says, I don't want to be here. Yes, that tank kind of lose a lot of leverage. That's and that its value a lot. Is mm-hmm. something that has already started to happen. And we're not and and Seth Jones was just traded. Like no, it, it, that that definitely plummets value a lot. I think the the I don't even know how to really word this, but like it, it's strictly value wise. Like if you were to to assign a a numerical like value to Heronic, I, I think you're probably not too far off of of what they would want. I'm just not sure. I mean, if 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 they're trading if they're trading him, I feel like they would want. They would want more like prospect type of return than I mean, not that Heronic's an old man or anything, but um, I don't know. I, I feel like it, it might be purely value. You might be on the right track, but I'm not sure just Heronic is going to get it done. That's all for sure. And I'm not saying that by any means, like Phil Peronic is anywhere near like as offensively inclined as Zach Wierenski is, but um w- the value is going to be like, he's going to get kind of a, a similar deal and and you're gonna have a lot of this the nice things about philip ronick that you have about zach Wierenski is oh he's you know just not even entering his prime yet he's under team control for the next four years assuming that he does sign somewhat of a bridge deal so i don't know i i, I think that there's like things that can kind of make it work for the blue jackets where it's not just two players on its face who is worth more like i, I think there are more things that would be at play in a deal like that so let me ask you just shooting so what if you say hey i want zacharensky a guy who's established but whose value has tanked in the fact that he's asked he's asked for out and they turn around and they say we want a blue chip prospect in return someone who we can build our franchise around and you go okay what about simon edvison we don't know anything about him yet definitely not definitely not okay because no, you, uh, you would have, have to, to you'd have to I rope think, off. I think Simon Edvinson still has higher upside than zacharensky and he has the the size thing to him like there are the the thing that makes Edvinson so intriguing is like things you can't teach. You yeah, know, the the skating and things like that, IQ um, and stuff like that. And so, I don't know. It's definitely tough. not. Definitely it, not. It's That's, really. I I don't honestly don't even consider that. It's so. really tough to place a value on a guy like Renski. And if you're trying to be a realistic hockey fan in general, like let's take the fact like the the glasses off that you're a Red Wings fan and look at what realistically would Columbus want. Because we're not Steve Eisman, you know, and, you know, it, so you have to try and be like, okay, obviously they'd want more than Hronik. And I mean, if it's a Hronik and a first round pick, maybe, maybe you could swing that Hronik in a second. Then you start, I feel like you're starting to stretch it for a guy like Rensky, But that's just my personal opinion. You know, it doesn't mean anything. I, I, yeah, I, I would, I would, I would think that. Corona can be part of the deal, but some some other part of the deal has to include a a legitimate future piece, whether that's one of our better prospects or, or like Brian said, a, a top pick there. I I think. And um, yeah, I could also again, be overvaluing him too. That's well, also even, possible. Even if you're not, even if you're not, just pure direction of the franchise, like wise, right? Like that, this would indicate rebuild mode. It would indicate full re- rebuild mode. It would indicate kind of kind of blowing it up. I I think uh, or the start of that at least. Um, the Blue Jackets. If I would think so. Oh, they're way past that. They yeah, are. Right. They are yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They're like okay. at like ninety percent cool. complete 
right well yeah because of the there yeah. their I, house I had a, is I had a just like a flag that is standing <laughs> with like a pile of rubble around it right so so i think that that would i think that again they'd be looking more for a a for future pieces or, or like i said prospects slash picks than they would you know people in their mid late 20s but they also just traded cam atkinson for uh Jakub Voracek one for one so who's to say yeah well that's I, that's what it comes like, down to they, is they we don't know anything they're, they're wild card. for sure it's true and, you know i don't know and and obviously i'm not attached to like philip rona being in that piece by the way i don't want that to, to come off as misconstrued but it just kind of makes sense to me as a piece of like hey we'll give you somebody a little bit less than zach Wierenski, but kind of you know, an offensively minded defenseman. He had a good 1920 season on that terrible Red Wings team. There's still a lot there with uh, Philip Peronic, I think. But I mean, when you have the chance to go out and get an offensive defenseman like Zach Wierenski, I don't think you blink twice about it. And I think, yes, there's a, there's a lot that was that would be worth it. If it's Philip Peronic and I. I'm very, very torn about giving up any first rounders in, in the 22 or 23 drafts without knowing what the Red Wings are going to be. But I don't know. I know. This... I mean, if, if you can do like a lottery protected type deal, that's I, I would be comfortable with a with a first, maybe a second. As I, well. I know this doesn't match up positionally, Nolan, but. So we've had one Red Wing who's been in a lot of trade talks recently in Tyler Bertuzzi, and he's still young. He's still a young guy. Mm-hmm. And if you're a team that's rebuilding and you look at a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi, now granted with a bit of an injury history, has been very effective, especially as a net front presence and an offensive zone presence. Could Columbus look at that as a guy who they would want back in return for a guy like Zacharinsky? And also, would those values in your mind and your eyes be comparable You would have to give up more, I think, just because of, like, the value of, like, it's not hard to find middle six swingers in the NHL, but it is very tough to find a, like, very good new generation offensive defenseman. I Because, so this actually came up in my mind earlier today, and I'm glad you brought this up because Bertuzzi and Hironic, I mean, like, that is that the kind of, territory we're looking at here do you get something back it whether it be you know even if it's something small fifth rounder sixth rounder uh but just like i said like given all the the bind that columbus could be in and the fact that their gm is a total wild card who know who knows what that's going to take <laughs> yeah. like it, it, you might get something back in that deal as, as well like you, i so i have no idea that's fair i think i think bertuzzi and Hronik, I i'd be able to pull the trigger on that I, I'm agree- I'm with you where like last year, this time last year, I thought I was thinking Tyler Bertuzzi and Ronick were both going to be parts of this team's future. But as the years progress, especially with Tyler's injuries and the league wide interest, apparently in Tyler, I'm thinking and the direction that wings is are in general are going. I'm OK with shipping those guys out. I really am. And on top of all of that, Columbus doesn't have to worry about Tyler Bertuzzi not wanting to play in Columbus because I don't think Tyler Bertuzzi cares about anything. So. <laughs> I also think Tyler Bertuzzi just wants to play hockey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's uh, all right. Yeah. All right, Tyler. Uh, all right, Tyler, going to Columbus. Sit. Yeah. Do you have cool, beer down man. there? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. 
right. Uh, let's talk to you guys about Spotify Green Room. I mentioned it at the top of the show, but Spotify Green Room uh, is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. This app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me, other sports fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting locker rooms. Uh, once the season comes back on, the me and Scotty will be, and you can finally join in on the conversation that you listen to here every day. Uh, Green Room is a perfect perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. If you're bored tomorrow, you want to go on locker room, maybe me and Scotty will go on uh, on locker room, you know, just for funsies. We won't get paid to do it out of the just for just for funsies. Uh, so go download the free Green Room app currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. Like I said, follow us at Lockdown Red Wings to be notified when our room goes live. I know we that you won't want to miss it. Uh, like I said, once the season comes back around, we'll be going live. So download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way that we talk sports. All right. Also, got to talk to the folks today about BuiltBar.com. Did you know that Built Bar has many delicious flavors? There's something out there for everybody. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. Uh, Scotty, which which flavor are you working on this week? Uh, cookies and cream. Cookies and cream, an absolutely fantastic flavor. It's like that, that childhood one. treat, but it's yeah. rolled up into a nice protein bar that gives you energy. You it's know, fantastic. You're, you're just good to go throughout the rest of the day. Not only are they amazingly tasty to amazingly tasty not only do they taste amazing but they're healthy too check out all the macros 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs amazing flavors all tasty all healthy go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off of your order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com there's an old man sitting next to me all right, segment two here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Noel Bianchi, Scotty Bentley, and producer Brian bringing you a little bit of a free agency preview for the Red Wings and for the rest of the league. Uh, I do want to quickly plug a story that I got up at DetroitNews.com. I talked to Theodore Niederbach, Cross Hannes, and who is the uh, Carter Mazur. So I had a story up on them uh, kind of about how for all three of them, the pandemic uh, kind of put them in an uncomfortable situation and they were all better off for it. So go check that out. Uh, I definitely enjoyed writing it. And I got to see a lot of these young kids for the first time yesterday uh, in game action. I went down to USA Hockey Arena again. They still got that World Junior Showcase going on. Uh, and I got to see Shai Buyam play in person. And this kid is really, really exciting. And one thing that... Uh, Team USA coach Nate Lehman said that I thought was was really interesting is I asked him, you know, you have all this talent on the blue line in this junior camp. They had like on his team, they had like Luke Hughes, uh, Jake Sanderson. Does Booyan bring anything unique? And he said uh, he had a pretty good game today. He can take one step and be from the wall to the middle of the blue line. That's pretty unique. I think he's a guy that you're curious to see if he's going to keep growing. Uh, I thought that was pretty high praise. This, this world junior showcase is like the first step towards whittling down a roster for the world junior championships. And it was nice to hear uh, Lehman say something about Booyam, who is probably not an odd man out at the moment, but I, I would assume he's probably on the bubble just because uh, of all that talent that Team USA has on the blue line. Uh, another thing that I talked to him about with Cross Hannes, I mentioned on yesterday's show, Cross Hannes is, is looking to become a penalty killer. 
He came out of the, the draft in 2020, went 55th overall in the second round of the 2020 draft, uh, was known as this really talented offensive creator with great off or upside. And uh, over this last season, he's tried to put his game together. I did talk about it on yesterday's episode, but I got the chance to talk with Lehman about that yesterday and see him in game action, and he was killing penalties. So I told Nate Lehman uh, that that he said he's he's trying to make it a goal to be a penalty killer in his fourth year in junior hockey, uh, and he laughed. And, I, <laughs> and so I said, what, what were your early returns on how he played today? And he said that if he makes a junior roster, penalty killing is probably going to be part of his role. He said Coach Miller and Coach Mayotte, they liked him at the first practice there. They liked his decisions. He's going to keep getting looks there. Not everybody's going to get the same opportunities. Some guys are going to get different looks than others, and he's a guy that's going to get more looks on the kill. I would suggest to Portland that they put him on the kill. So uh, a, a really cool vote of confidence for somebody who I don't think you know you would have necessarily expected to be somebody who could make – the world juniors roster after the season that he had this last year, I think he only had three goals in 27 games. Um, so it, it's really nice to see that he not only is set out to uh, play defense, but is, is excelling and impressing coaches on an international level. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome to see. Awesome to hear. Awesome all around. I think that's, uh, it's also fun just that it's like, you're just like down there. Like that's sick. Just going yeah. down there, watch some, watch some puck. That's sick. That's sick. Um, Carter Missouri is another guy who had a, a really good game today. It was my first chance to see him. He's a little wrecking ball. He is. Uh, he he really he did a lot of different things yesterday. He was banging bodies near the boards. He was retrieving pucks. He got him behind the defense on a on a penalty kill. Got a nice pass. Went in. Uh, almost scored. Right in Darren Helm fashion. Uh, but. He was really doing a lot of different impressive things and, and you know, being a valuable player in a lot of different areas of the ice. So that was really nice to see as well. And it would be truly incredible if after not getting drafted, he ends up making a push to make this junior camp roster. Uh, I talked to him yesterday. He's a really, really, really nice kid, really down to earth. Uh, and like I've, I've said about a lot of the Red Wings draft picks so far, just an easy guy to root for. Obviously, the local kid to it as well. Local kid. Feel good story. We got a lot of those these days. Yes, sir. Um, Taro Hirose also re-signed with the Red Wings today. That was uh, some other news that came across the wire. Before we get into some of the top free agents, because one thing that I'm interested to to hear from you guys, um, when I was tweeting, when I was on the, the Landeskog, thing uh the, it was a fun fun couple of weeks yeah <laughs> when the dream was still alive i'm gonna think of that fondly um somebody tweeted at me and they said that would be a pudge-esque signing and i agree and i don't think that it would be a bad idea to make a pudge-esque signing and what's that you ask well, in 2004, when the Tigers were not very good, but trying to climb out of the basement, actually coming off a historically awful season, they went out and they got themselves a top three catcher of all time. Would you say, Scotty? That's a statement, brother. <laughs> He's my favorite player of all time. <laughs> He's a, you know, the Hall of it's, Famer. That's one, one, of the, one of the best catchers of all time, for sure. Arguably the greatest catcher of all time. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> not, not quite. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, and, and what that did was it brought legitimacy 
to the organization and it encouraged somebody else, encouraged Maglio to sign there. And I remember I was watching a documentary about that 06 team a couple years ago and they were, it was before game one of the world series. And I can't remember who said it to him, but they were standing there and he goes, you know, this is all because of you. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, if you don't sign here, then I don't sign here. And he doesn't sign here. And this guy doesn't sign here. And nobody believes that we're anything. And I think that's important. I really, really do. And while the Landeskog thing was obviously a joke, I think there's something to the psyche of a team that believes that other people want to play there. And I think there's something said that could be said about the psyche of a team that believes nobody would ever want to come here. Another memory I have, I talked to Nate Burleson a couple months ago after the Dan Campbell hiring. He said that when he signed with the Lions in 2011 or whenever that was, somebody saw him in the locker room and said, holy shit, Nate Burleson. And he said, yeah. And he said, I thought it was just a rumor you signed here. I thought it was a joke. I didn't actually think that a wide receiver of your caliber would choose to come play here. And the Red Wings and Lions are two vastly different franchises historically. And I get that. But the the feeling that everybody had in their hearts that night that Bobby Ryan was asked, what made you want to sign here? And he said, Steve Eisenman. That, to me, is an impactful veteran signing. It's not an impactful veteran signing if you just bring whatever 30-year-old something in here. When you bring guys in like that, that can quiet a locker room down and say, you guys might not understand this yet, but this man is a genius and this man will fight for you. And and he can lay out what the benefit, maybe not the, the benefits and that's kind of just putting it lightly, but speaking from experience in, in a, a more real way, I guess you could say. And and when that, when those guys are still premier players, that holds a lot more weight, whether or not, you know, we'd like to admit it. I'm sorry, but Franz Nielsen, I just, I, I'm sure he has an impact in the locker room, but when the guy that you're you're learning from is getting healthy bombed every other night, how how much of a, a, a how much can you take those words to heart? Yeah, and I, I think the one of the biggest things for that too is just timing of competitiveness. Like you people, the, one of the 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 biggest misconceptions about rebuilds in sports across all four is that you are supposed to as lose for as long as possible. And then just magically wake up one day and spend all your money. Thank you. That is not how it works. That is absolutely not how it works. It's not how any team has ever rebuilt ever. So the, the timing of, okay, this is our guy. This is this off season. This is our guy. We can lock him up long-term. He will be here now when the team is still in, in, in rebuild mode and still kind of at the bottom. And he will, he, he will still be one of the most important pieces for the championship team. And, and it, it bothers me so much. It's, it's, it's no. one of my biggest pet peeves when people are, are all so adamant about that. And, and it's, you slowly acquire pieces and I agree Timing matters. You, you can't just you can't you don't want to be the Pistons for the last decade in limbo either. But you getting one person, bringing in one guy mm-hmm. 
in an offseason when when you're one of the worst teams in your sport is not going to ruin your rebuild. It's not. It never has. It never will. Unless you're bringing in Connor McDavid. Yeah, that's not that's like that's not happening. Well, yeah, that that, I've said my piece, but I I totally agree with you. Talk that that shit, Scotty. Well, Well, and to your point, Scotty, and you're probably even seeing some similarities. God, I make that uh, comparison with the Detroit Tigers right now. Oh, I I mean, the Pistons, too, to a degree. It happens a lot faster in basketball because of how, you know, how few players have such a great impact in the sport. But the Tigers now are getting to a point where they're they're starting to get out of the trenches. They're getting players who are performing. You know, you would think about like Eric Haas tonight, who had that grand slam, you know, with the Detroit Red Wings. You're starting to see Steve Eiserman instead of using these draft picks, he's accumulated to draft more, uh, let's face it, unknowns in the draft, because in the end, we don't know what any of these kids are going to become. We have an idea, but we don't know. He's leveraging these assets that he's ga- ga- gathered uh, to get uh, Nadolkovich, to get Nick Letty. He's getting, Nick Letty especially, in my opinion, is going to be a great uh, defensive veteran to bring in. Now he's no, you know, he's no Pudge Rodriguez, as uh, he was for the Tigers, but yeah, these types the of acquisitions... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Not the greatest defenseman of all time, but these types of acquisitions show that the team is transitioning from the dumpster fire they were into a team that's going to try and compete. Now the question becomes, like you said, because this whole this whole thing hinges on acquiring guys through trades is one thing. A lot of these guys, some of them have no trade clauses, but not a lot of these guys don't have a say in in the matter. The question becomes, can he do that in free agency and get a big name? to come here and want to play here. Bobby Ryan's great, but he's not a big well, name anymore. And, and, and here's the thing is I don't, I don't want them to go out and break the bank for anybody, but I think, Hey, Brandon sod, here's 25 million for five years or, or not five years, but four, three, four years, you know, Sod'd like be a, fantastic. A, a good, like 28, 29 year old guy who still looks like he has a lot of career ahead of him can still produce a, at a pretty high level in the NHL and can help you. And, and, can lead by example like that is so important as well and and it goes hand in hand with guys like listening to you if you're going out there every night and you're saying something if you're saying hey if you go here this is going to open you up and then that guy is putting the puck on your stick that is that is, that is more impactful than franz nielsen sitting in the video room while coaches are going over video and being like yeah yeah i agree yeah, back yeah, when back, I back when back I got in, minutes back in '09, I remember we used to uh, run this power play. Like, <laughs> I, I just you know, like how much? Uh, what what can you really be saying that could have that much of you, an impact if you're not leading by example? Exactly, you need guys who can lead in the locker room, but you also need guys who can lead on the ice. And if they can do both, then you're in a good shoot. You're in a good position. And that that Franz Nielsen doesn't bring that to the locker room. Bobby Ryan, you know, I think he led on the ice with leadership, but you need you need them to be able to lead in points too. It's just well, it, and and like the coolest thing about Bobby Ryan being here was like him sitting on the bench with Zadina. They're both looking at the Microsoft uh, tablet, and Bobby Ryan's pointing, and Zadina's just nodding, like okay, okay, like that. That is the stuff that you want to see. That is the impact of a veteran. It's not, yeah, this guy is good on faceoffs, so he's going to teach me in practice, or he used to be good at faceoffs, so he's going to show me his tech. His wrists aren't so strong anymore, you know, uh, you know. <laughs> But he's going to try and, you know, give me the give me the tools to a success. Like, no, that's I don't I don't I don't think that's the way. So uh, we have now taken up this entire segment talking about that. But 
I don't know. Like I, I don't expect the Red Wings to go out and sign anybody for a ridiculous contract, but just to wrap it up, I want to touch on something that Scotty said earlier. And that is about timing because one thing that befuddled me and I'm literally just saying it just to say it, this is me making an observation Mm. that that was blowing my mind in real time. And now that we're a year in the future, it's even making less sense to me now when people said during last off season, it's too early in the rebuild to sign Tory Krug. Now, if you want to tell me, Nolan, it's too early in the rebuild to give anybody any type of money because you don't know what you're going to need in the future, whether that guy, what, what the timeline is for when you're going to be competitive, things like that. I would have agreed with you. But if you're going to say that it's better to spend money once all of your ELCs are coming to an end and you have to start paying all of your breakout prospects, that's lunacy. If anything, you get Tory Krug on that contract as soon as possible. And I was not like I was very obviously lukewarm on the idea of Tory Krug signing here. I wasn't really about it, but if he did, it wasn't the end of the world because believe in Steve. But I just think that like to Scotty's point, that like kind of embodies that mindset. And 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 I and I hear it still today. Like, no, why would we spend now? Well, because do you know how the salary cap works? And I know we're in a flat cap era, but the longer or the earlier he signs that deal, the earlier it's up. You're you're trying to basically avoid having to pay this guy during the time that you have to pay Mo Sider, Phillips Adina, Lucas Raymond, Dylan Larkin, all those guys of the future, they're big, big money. And I don't know. Like I said, I don't even know why I'm saying this. I just, I was thinking about it today and it was bothering me. Thoughts? I mean, I'm right there with you. Clearly. (laughs) All right. Let's go into uh, segment three. We'll identify some of those guys we were talking about. We are are also going to quickly go through uh, an article from our buddy, Tony Wolick. He released some good options as well. Uh, First, I got to talk to you guys today about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at betonline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, uh, head on over to BetOnline or your laptop or mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use our promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus. uh, When you use our promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's go. All right, segment three here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. And we'll be on to Scotty Bentley, producer Brian. Free agency preview for you guys. Let's look at uh, some of the top guys here in free agency because I think some of the top guys uh, make sense for the Red Wings based on the discussion that we had in the previous segment. We'll get into some of the more bargain bin signings uh, to close out the show. Uh, Dougie Hamilton, we'll skip right past him. I, I, <laughs> he's going to command north of... million. He's going to try and get an eight year deal for all the reasons that we just said that, you know, Tory crew wouldn't have been a fit last year. Like I, I just, I'm not into, I'm not into paying the big money. Like again, if Steve Eisman does it, I'll be like, Oh, all right, Steve, you know, we'll have to see about this, but uh, I just, I just don't see it happening. 
Yeah, I mean, I, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, we talk we, about timing. We don't even need to really spend too much time on this. Let's go to the about, next. We talk about timing. I mean, <laughs> uh, Philip Deneau. Now he is a guy who I kind of identified a couple of weeks ago on our potential UFA target list. And to me, it's, it still makes a lot of sense. He's a perfect bridge center, depending on what kind of deal you can get him at. But again, the Red Wings are in a situation where you can get a guy like Philip Deneau and say, Hey, you're not going to get the money that you want to right now. We'll give you 16 million for the next two years. How does that sound? And he's like, okay. And that's a ridiculous overpayment, but does it matter? No. And if you want to trade him away, you can retain half a salary, trade him to a contender. I'm not sure he would be down for that roller coaster, but I mean, if you can, if you can bring a guy like him, like he is again, like he is a pudge signing, like he is a guy that is part of your future, but is a veteran brings something is among the best in the game at a certain part of his game, which is the defensive side of things. And, um, he he fits style wise for all of those reasons as well, just with the team. Uh, regarding Philip Deneau, I think I am a complete agreeance with you. I think that he would be a solid pick, especially at his age, to add to the team. He doesn't put up like amazing numbers. Uh, he's about half. I think it was a half point a game last season. I have his stats up here: twenty four points in fifty three games. Uh, 47 points in 71 games the year prior. And I mean, granted, when you look at especially centers, you think, you know, that's the number you want to jump out at you. But this team lacks in depth at every position for in the forwards. He'd be a great piece to add to this team on a multi-year contract. Granted, not like seven years. Like he, you know, he's not one of those type of players, but he's a guy who could come in fill that role responsibly, especially with his ability to play the defensive side of the game. Like that's like you said, Nolan, that's where he specializes. I think he'd be a really good fit for this franchise where this team's at at the moment. Yeah. So over the last three seasons, uh, Philip Deneau's defensive rating on evolving hockey is in the 86th percentile. So, which is fantastic. Uh, and his, and his offense is in the 68th percentile. So uh, just a really good two-way center, which is exactly what the Red Wings are looking for as they look to bring along Joe Valeno and Michael Rasmussen. I, uh, here's my thing, man. Like to be completely honest, I, I don't see myself saying like, Oh, like, like, no, or like bad fit to too many people that are, <laughs> like 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 Troy Weaver had a quote today where he was like, "We're a twenty win team. All the rookies are good fits." Yeah. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like I I can't see myself going through this list and be like, "Oh no, I don't want him." Yeah. Like yeah, I'm probably gonna be okay with most of, if not all, of these people. Like yeah. Uh, up next, we got Blake Coleman, left winger, twenty nine years old. Uh, last season, fourteen goals, seventeen assists, and fifty nine game or fifty five games. I'm not sure that he'll want to come here because uh, after seeing the money that he gave to Barkley Goudreau, or the Rangers gave to Barkley Goudreau, I just have a hard time believing that the Red Wings are going to give him anything like that. And it sounds like, based on what Ken Holland is willing to pay for and what some other teams are willing to pay for it, cup-winning experience in the NHL this season is at an all-time high. I don't know about you guys, but it kind of feels that way, does it not? It does. It really does. Uh, it does, yeah. Like it, It's so confusing. <laughs> Yes, but, uh, agree, agreed. <laughs> uh, again, he gives you center depth for the time being. Uh, and once the lineup starts to, to take shape, like I think, honestly, like Blake Coleman might, might be one of like the sneaky best fits because 
once you get good, he'll just play wherever. Like, oh, fourth line left wing is out tonight. Fine, I'll take it. You know, second line center is out tonight. All right, I got it. Like, he he's just a guy that you can literally play anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I pulled up his stats too as we were talking. And, like, statistically speaking, he's very similar to the last guy you mentioned in Deneau. The one thing that stands out big time with him is he lays the body. He's such a physical player. But it's kind of like what Scotty said, uh, like, just a couple minutes ago. You know, with a team as bad as the Red Wings are in need of such depth, like, yeah, he's another middle six forward. You could slide on in there and he would fill that gap for the time being. Just, I again, another good fit for a bad team. <laughs> And, yeah, and I guess yeah. here's my question. Is it like when you look at what you hope the Red Wings do in free agency today, like what I, I guess, what do you want them to do as far as like filling those holes in the intermediary? Like they, they got a lot of holes at wing, they have holes at center and they have a hole in their second or third pairing D. Like, uh, what, what, I mean, Yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I think that, uh, Just yes. The, the, <laughs> yes, the biggest thing, um, the biggest thing is, is, um, the difference between filling in immediate holes to get through the season so that we can actually roster a team versus filling in holes with possible rentals versus, signing people that are going to be here long-term. That's how mm-hmm. I categorize every single person that is signed is in one of those three categories. And uh, <laughs> again, like with, with how rough this team is, like, I don't know. I, I would, I, I'm not sure I would focus too, too terribly much. Like, again, if you have a hole, you, you fill I the hole to I... fill the team, but I, I would, if you can get a value offer on anybody, I, yeah, you know, I'm well, not gonna. Let like, me ask figure you this. it out. If they only get bargain bin signings like they did last year, if it's just a collection of Bobby Ryan's and John Merrill's, all for one million dollars or less for one year, are you gonna be a bit annoyed? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like. I think I'm going to be I probably. Probably. Like I don't think. And, and so, I, I don't think they should like. There, there's no one really left of like the free agency in my eyes, that's like the big signing besides like your Dougie Hamilton or even your Brandon Saad to a certain ex- uh, extent, which I think Brandon Saad would be a fantastic signing. Personally, I, I'm completely on board with you, Nolan. But I, looking at the rest of these, I mean, the rest of these guys are just, you know, your one to maybe three year contract guys. And so I might yeah. be a little annoyed. 32, come tomorrow. 35, you know, like, don't know. Like I'm looking at it, and so like, last offseason they they traded for Mark Stahl, another just bandaid piece. You need to field the team. Mark Stahl ended up being pretty good. You extended him, but the, not you didn't know that at the time. Bobby Ryan, like you said, another just bandaid piece. I'm looking at the free agency list, and at this point with Gabriel Landis Cog off the board, who again was a pipe dream, but he was a fun pipe dream. Uh, Tyson Berry finalizing, who was the guy I wanted them to get. It's not over yet. Well, uh, supposedly is going to be finalizing a three year deal with Edmonton, but that's still technically up in the air yet. I mean, I'm looking at him like. Ryan Suter, but he's he actually played decent for his contract. He's still going to be asking for money, yeah, and he's thirty six. Money, and I would assume he probably wants to go to a cup contender. Which I I don't think they're going to get one of those guys on defense. Like I think if they're going to get anybody that that warrants like a three year, four year deal in the three to five million dollar range, like it's going to be oh, ideally a center. Like if they do go that route, I hope it's a center. 
Ryan gets yeah. left. Or, or, a center. Or, or, or a flexible guy that can play all around at forward. I, I need center depth badly. That is one thing that I that that is that is my one request. You're talking about you know, you need it because it's not really coming anywhere. Right. Like you, you, there's not like oh, just hang on a couple of years and you got a bunch of nice centers coming up the pipeline. There are some good centers in there. Theodore Niederbach, you know, uh, a couple of the guys who took this year, um, you know. But I just don't know if you're going to be able to get around filling a center role without making a splash. And then in that case, to me, then maybe it makes a little bit of sense because you're going after it. And I will, I will see this one point to the Tory Krug argument that I had earlier. The one thing to that is if you do sign him a year earlier, it's, I mean, he is going to be older by the time you're competitive. And generally speaking, most guys are in the same age range when they sign these deals, but, um. Yeah, I mean, I, I like. I, I think if they come out uh, of it with that, I don't even remember where I was going with that. But I just what are your known blinded by Tory Krug again? Another center that interests me is Michael Granlund. What do you What do you make of him? I uh, was looking at him as somebody who would make a lot of sense. Uh, he he scores. Um, he's not ever going to like to me like this. It's kind of like a signing that's like a tear up from a Nemestikov signing, you know, mm-hmm. which I'm about because. I think, you know, the, you need a step up from that. That's exactly the type of player that I think the Red Wings should probably go out and get. Uh, I looked up his projected contract on Evolving Hockey earlier. It's $5 million for three years. And so that that kind of fits in right in line with that ethos as well. Yeah, he's, what, 29 years old? So he, I, I, you would think at this point he's looking to try and cash in as much as he can as a UFA because this is going to be his like big chance to make a lot of money but with his performance level I can't see him bringing in a lot of eight like five million seems completely fair it's the term he'll probably be searching for I would think but I just don't know if he'll get that um Thomas Tatar Thomas Tatar, uh, he's also a guy that I had on my list. I I don't know. Like I'm not against it. I I'll be like, oh cool, Thomas Tatar is back. I just I just he's one of the most confusing players I've ever known in my entire life. Like he was dynamite with the Red Wings. He has one of the greatest goals in Red Wings history, objectively. The Dallas um, one. The Dallas one. The Dallas one. Yeah. And gets the Red Wings their best return out of any trade that they made in the rebuild ends up going to Montreal, leading them in scoring as they make the playoffs as a 12 seed and a, a, a fake year. And then it's like, oh, Thomas Tatar is like going to lead this next generation of the Habs, and then he plays five games during a run to the playoffs, and he's completely healthy the whole time. But the same so, thing uh, happened in Vegas, didn't it, with him? He doesn't seem same like thing a pl- happened in Vegas, too. That's doesn't why they seem shipped like a him off to Montreal. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's it's the weirdest thing, which is not a problem right now, you know. But I don't know. I would be wor- I would be wary about giving him money, like for a significant amount of time. Hey, if he only performs during a regular season, trip to Detroit would be perfect because chances of them making the playoffs in the next couple of years are still pretty <laughs> slim. Uh, anybody else on that list you find interesting? As you. Scroll up and down. Michael Granlin was a good one. He was somebody that I had my eye on. Uh, let's real quick before we wrap up, let's go look at uh, Tony's list. 
Uh, the last one, and this is kind of obvious as far as forward fits, is Pew Suter. Um, I mean, he would be the ideal center that you go out and get. And because he is 25, I believe. Um, <laughs> yesterday, I was like, so Pew Suter went on waivers, and I was like, mm, man, Swiss hockey player, 25, first year in the NHL, almost puts together a rookie of the year campaign. Now he's walking. Now he's going to go get some money. And I and so I looked up his his one year. I did a one year comparison of him and Damian Brunner from 2012 13 season, and they're vastly different. So I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm out. Let's sign him. Because for a second there, I was like, I was just having a fever dream of him being Damian Brunner uh, 2.0. But did, did um, Damian Brunner get something ridiculous like five by five after one decent season playing on Zetterberg's wing? Yeah. And then he was out of the NHL in a year. So, um, but Pew Suter again, like we talked about it on yesterday's show, so I kind of forgot about it, but uh, that's an obvious no brainer. Uh, and then to wrap things up, uh, just want to go over some, some bargain bin options for the defense. Cause I do think that is one area where they would be well served to, um, to, to get a bargain bin signing from Tony Wolick at the hockeywriters.com. Go check out his piece. He named me in it. Uh, that's not the only reason we're bringing it up, but it is, it is true. I'm not bragging. It's just something that happened. Um, so he said, <laughs> finally, the Red Wings could add one more defense in to round out their blue line heading into the 21, 22 season. Why? Well, for one injuries happen and the two and two the Red Wings uh, may want to ease Moritz Sider into NHL duties with that in mind. Here's a few free agents that stand out. Uh, as bottom pairing defenseman with upside, including John Merrill, Eric Gustafson, Jake McCabe, Slater Kokek, and Ben Thomas. The one name I wanted to pull from that was uh, Jake McCabe. Jake McCabe did not really, did not, I don't, I don't know if he didn't play at all last year, if he just had a, a short season. Um, but over the last three years, he ranks in the 94th percentile uh, of defensive output while playing for the Buffalo Sabres. I, Give him money. I, I don't care. They're, give him whatever he wants. I'm loving this percentile talk out of Nolan, man. It just makes me really excited. Well, it's just like it's. it really helps my brain understand things. It puts things in a nice box, you know? Yeah, because it's smart. Yeah. Smart people use percentile. It's a fact. And anyone yeah. who played for the Buffalo Sabres. Are you saying I put used up... to be dumb? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's uh, up front about it. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, come on, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anyone who is able to put up decent numbers, at, uh, especially, you know, statistically speaking with those percentiles we love so much <laughs> with the god-awful well, dumpster fire you guys. that is the uh, Buffalo Sabres. I mean, I agree. They give him money. He's still young, too, so he could. there's still some room for improvement, although he's definitely in his prime at this point. I just—it's another one of those signings where it just logically makes sense. You got to fill that is, bottom. This is a signing that, like, if he gave him like three, four years, like I, I wouldn't really get it because they have so much D talent coming in the pipeline. But like, that's a movable contract. Like that—that—that that, that is Jake McCabe is never going out of style. You know what I'm saying? He for sure was injured. It says status IR for 2020, 2021. Uh, let's see here. Do you have any? He only played. He only played thirteen games. So yeah, yeah, he definitely had injury history this past season. Um. So yeah, there it is. Anybody else that that comes to mind? Uh, I think we should probably wrap this up. I know Scotty's got to do a Tigers podcast. So, uh, anything else before we depart? Have a good have a good so free agency day, everybody. This is this yeah. is going to be one of the most exciting days of the year. Like I was going to go down to USA Hockey Arena again, but I'm not going to because I want to sit 
at my desk in front of my TV and just be on my computer all day. And I'm super excited. So, uh, Hope you guys are excited as well. Follow me on Twitter at Nolan Bianchi. Follow Scotty at Bentley Scotty. Follow Brian at Brian Fisher 971. Yep, at Brian Fisher 971. Wow. Nailed 971. it. 971. Nailed it. it. Uh, go follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. If you have positive feedback, please leave us a review. It helps us grow. If you have negative feedback, please tell me in my DM so nobody else sees it. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. Every day. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.